Hello again, it's Giovanni McGuire here. It is October 20th, 2023. And this is the latest edition of the By Joe Show. Yes, it's a Friday. Friday afternoon where I am. And uh, we're going to kind of um, go back to what I was talking about on the last show, which is the... Uh, the uh, conflict that's going on over in Israel and uh, the Gaza Strip. Otherwise known in the press as the Israeli-Hamas War. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but uh, the, no war has been declared on either side. So, uh, we're already talking about this so-called war of terror thing, right? Which is, anytime a state is attacked by somebody, usually asymmetrically. They, um, they use that as an excuse. And uh, you don't need to really declare war on anybody. You just, you just say it's the war on terror, and then you can pretty much do whatever you want. Um, so, although notably I noticed um, that uh, Joe Biden, in part of his speech, um, kind of warned Benjamin Netanyahu not to go down the the uh, path that the United States did after 9-11, which was surprising, actually, to hear that from him. He might want to be making some points against, you know, the George W. Bush people, you know, and all those who came before him, of course, um, that were really the masterminds behind that whole overreaction. Um, but... It was good to hear that. But on the other hand, um, it seems like he's pretty much solidifying his his allyship with Israel and funding lots of weapons of war and destruction. Um, so I don't know. There's a little bit of a contradiction there, don't you think? I think so. Um, I think any fair-minded person would think that's a bit of a contradiction. On the one hand, saying... Don't re repeat the mistakes that we made by bombing the shit out of a country that was, you know, in Afghanistan's case, was 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 only marginally associated with Osama bin Laden, and then of course Iraq had nothing to do with any of it. Um, I've noticed that the war cries around Iran and all that whole thing have died down because, of course, there's no evidence whatsoever at this point to suggest that they were involved, other than the fact that they do fund some, some of these, uh, some of the organizations that are opposed to Israel and opposed to whatever, in support of the Palestinian people. So if you're in support of the Palestinian people, of course, that does not necessarily mean you're against the people of Israel or even the government of Israel. But um, that's one of the logical fallacies in all this thing because you know um you know it's just assumed that if you're a palestinian that you're anti the state of israel which you probably are but um for good reasons but um you know and particularly towards that that part of the government that's the more more warmongering um part of it um but you know, even people who don't even have much skin in the game, 
you know, as soon as you say, I support the Palestinian people, there's a, there's a supposition that you don't support, um, let's say, people on the other side of the aisle. Um, of course, you support the innocent victims. Um, I think everybody would do that. Uh, but, you know, this is all the politics of it. But what I want to do is go into um, what we're seeing on the on the official news organizations' websites. So I usually go to AP because they're considered kind of a neutral voice, although they're certainly not. And um, then on to Guardian. I should really go to Al Jazeera, but Al Jazeera seems to have a more uh, nuanced take on things. And um, I guess if you're going to learn something, you should probably go there because you'll have opinions that, you know, are counter the general culture. Um, and I think the general culture is uh, very biased. So, anyway, we're going to go to the AP, right? So, right now the AP has uh, a banner up near the top that has all, their, all the coverage of this particular issue. So the big headline right now is Hamas frees two U.S. hostages, even as Israeli airstrikes continue in southern Gaza. Well, hold on a second. I thought that they weren't going to be going, you know, down to southern Gaza. I thought the whole point was to focus on Gaza City, where the infrastructure of Hamas was. So why are they, what's this bombing of the southern, southern part of Gaza? That's interesting. Um, hmm. Let's look into this hostage thing, okay? Because the uh, palace, the PLO at least had a, had a certain policy um, back in the old days. Um, there were several incidents where people, innocent people, got caught up in their in the, in the political strife. And one of those instances, I don't I don't know if it was the Olympic, um, the you know the Olympic uh, thing that happened um, when people were. At the Olympics, and were, were and there and there were hostages taken, or in some other context. But I remember I was watching something where I think it was the PLO who had taken hostages, and some of the hostages were African American. And because of the plight of the African American here in the states, historically and other places, of course, there was a certain, um, let's say, uh, sympathy. For African Americans, because uh, PLO was like, well, you're, you've been victimized. Um, you got caught up in this thing kind of randomly, so we're going to decide to kind of let you go. Because we don't want to compound your, your misery because of, uh, because you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you know, I, I love that kind of nuance because it's like, yeah, of course. I wonder if there's any of that going on here. Let's see what's going on. Um, Israel is bombing, bombarding Gaza and evacuating a sizable town near the Lebanese border in the latest sign of a potential ground invasion of Gaza that could trickle, re, trigger regional turmoil. Well, I think we already have regional turmoil. <laughs> um, anyway, um, Israel's defense minister has ordered troops to prepare to see Gaza from the inside, okay, hinting at a ground a ground. Israel says Hamas has freed, this makes no sense, this website all messed up, 
Israel says Hamas has freed two American hostages who had been held in Gaza since militants rampaged through southern Israel October 7th. The hostage release Friday came even as Israeli airstrikes continued to hit southern Gaza, an area swelled by civilians who fled there from the north on Israeli instructions. Okay, well, there you go. I'm like, what? So they've already decided that, you know, this so-called safe corridor and all that, it's just a bunch of bullshit. Now, the hospital um, incident where uh, it, it does appear as if the Israelis did not target that hospital um, and, and cause all those deaths. But in the meantime, it's causing all these deaths everywhere, everywhere else. Um, you know, yeah, the hospital thing appears to be um, a friendly fire incident, unfortunately. And uh, I guess you could make an argument that, you know, since they're lobbing rockets, you know, toward Israel as a reaction, you know, I mean, you could just keep going and trying to blame the other side, you know, who started first and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, the very fact that there's a conflict here and that that rocket was was seen as a as a, you know, either a, either an offensive or a defensive missile um, and that it ended up crashing on a bunch of civilians um, is, is is tragic. And it's really sad. Um, and at the same time, I, I think you have to say, well, Israel wasn't responsible for that. But the whole situation, you know, you could say there's some culpability there um, to some extent. But anyway, um, Israel was also evacuating a sizable town near the Lebanese border and the latest sign of a potential ground invasion of Gaza that could trigger, trigger regional turmoil. <laughs> Palestinians in Gaza reported heavy airstrikes in the southern city of Khan Yunis, I don't know how you say it, where civilians had been told to seek safety amid Israel's bombardment of areas closer to the Israeli border. So, okay, what's going on there? Um, the UN Secretary General is at the Rafah border crossing between Egypt and Gaza trying to find a way to get badly needed aid into the enclave. Now, this is another thing. Um, Egypt, um, you know, it's, it's puzzling to me. Um, you know, Egypt has, you know, kind of taken a moderate stance towards everything that's going on there. And they were an important part of the, of the negotiations that happened, you know, during the, the time of, um, Jimmy Carter and the rest of it. But it's interesting that they're not even, um, going to be, uh, open to the idea of having, uh, refugees come into their country. That to me seems rather suspect and politically motivated. Um, normally, you would think that there's some amount of, um, let's say, cooperation between brotherhood of Arab um, peoples, but um, I might be getting those terms wrong. I apologize. But anyway, it does seem a little odd. Um, I mean, if Egypt doesn't take Palestinians, who's going to take who's going to take them, right? I mean, the very fact that they're be, being driven and, be, and forcibly become refugees is already an issue. But given that, you know, when that happens, it's like victimizing them again, right? Just allowing them to be bombarded. Um, now, Egyptians, of course, were probably. Uh, under the presumption that they weren't going to be bombarded and that they would be safe in, in southern Gaza, so therefore they didn't need to come. All that has to 
happen is that the border has to open one way so that Egyptian supplies, humanitarian supplies, can come through, you know, including food, water, etc., etc. But there doesn't seem to be any backtracking on um, this, this idea that the Israeli government is seemingly starving people, um, not allowing them to have electricity, water, um, that kind of thing. I mean, that is um, literally a war crime. But uh, I don't know why people don't seem to be upset by that. Um, because that's a massive um, intentional act that is, is way, way more uh, completely disproportional, you know, to what, what the pal you know, what Hamas um, did, you know, even though that was pretty horrible. But anyway, um, yeah. The war is the deadliest of five Gaza wars for both sides. The Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry said Friday that 4,000-plus Palestinians have been killed and more than 13,000 others wounded. More than 1,400 people in Israel have been killed, mostly in the initial attack. Yeah, so uh, Hamas is not really continuing in the same way that Israel is. They are continuing because they're lobbing bombs over there, which is not good. But... Um, you know, and this whole idea of lobbing bombs on civilians, I mean, at a certain point this has to stop. And of course, America has no standing on this on this ground, seeing that they dropped two atomic bombs on the Japanese people, who, you know, the civilians in those cities who are mostly innocent of any real aggression. Um, I guess you could argue that whole thing, but, you know, um, whatever. Bombing civilians, the very moment that that was considered okay is the very moment we lost our our moral compass, um, at least in that way. And uh, that, that happened, I think, around World War One when we had the, um, when the airplane became a, became a, a, a war option. And uh, perhaps it's time to put the airplane away. Perhaps it's time to put missiles away. You know, anything that's done, action in a distance sort of thing. I think these things should be gotten rid of. If you're going to have a war, I mean, I don't know. Um, war is pretty horrible, but if you're going to have to have it, it seems to me like having direct contact is the way to go, so that you feel the consequences of what you're doing, um, and it will discourage war. But uh, of course, people are going to say that's you know that's that's pie in the sky, idealistic bullshit. But I don't know. I mean, we've managed to corral certain things uh, in certain respects, and so why not try at least? Um, more AP war coverage. Biden declares support for Israel and Ukraine. Biden declares support for Israel and Ukraine is vital for U.S. security. Okay, so here we go again with, the, you know, we're just protecting ourselves. We're defending ourselves. Well, that's utter bullshit. Um, from, from hospital to shelter to deadly inferno, fleeing Palestinians lose another sanctuary in Gaza. Well, in near Oz, a quarter of the residents are dead or missing after the Hamas attack. Okay. The EU demands meta and TikTok detail efforts to curb disinformation. Well, <laughs> It depends what you mean by that. Um, if you want it to be more pro-Israeli government, 
um, it's not such a good thing. But, you know, because you know for sure that if they're going to err one side or the other, they're really talking about, you know, let's tamp down the, any kind of sympathy for the Palestinian people. Uh, this woman became an Israeli folk hero for applying Hamas militants with snacks until a rescue mission arrives. Okay, I don't know what that's about. Egypt and other Arab countries typically don't want to take in Palestinian refugee, refugees. Here's why. Okay, let's take a look at that because I just asked myself that question. Um, as desperate Palestinians in sealed off Gaza try to find refuge under Israelis' relentless bombardment and retaliation for Hamas, some ask why neighboring Egypt and Jordan don't take them in. The two countries, which flank Israel on opposite sides and share borders with Gaza and the occupied West Bank, respectively, have replied with a staunch refusal. Jordan already has a large Palestinian population. Well, yeah, um, from the old days. Um, Egyptian president, current war was not just aimed at fighting Hamas, but also an attempt to push the civilian inhabitants to migrate to Egypt. So he's kind of, you know, mistaking the forest for the trees in here. I mean, that, that might be true, but it's kind of secondary. You know, it's interesting how people say, oh, you know, World War One, you know, that, uh, you know, there's this idea of refugees from, uh, not World War One, but World War Two. there's this whole idea from, about refugees from that era. And, and it's funny how people just forget that Jews were rejected, right? When they wanted to get out of Germany and other places where they're being, you know, the powers that be rejected them. And it's interesting today because now I think the Israeli people think that the West is actually, you know, um, you know, kind of uh, on their side. And if, if, the, if for some reason Jewish people had to, you know, flee Israel, that the Western powers would take them in. Um, I'm a little skeptical of that, honestly. But um, and I think it would be dangerous for Jewish people in Israel to believe that, 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 that the Western powers just opened the doors if they were in need. But certainly the Palestinian people, I mean, there's going to be nobody who's going to take them. If Egypt doesn't even take them, my God, or, or Jordan. Um, their refusal is rooted in fear that Israel wants to force a permanent expulsion of Palestinians into their countries and nullify Palestinian demands for statehood. Well, yeah, that, that, that part of the reasoning makes sense, right? The whole point is they want the Israeli, you know, elements of the Israeli government want to, want to get rid of them for good. And that would be one way, because once you're out, it's going to be hard to go back in. Yeah. So anyway, that does kind of clear it up. But, I mean, they're in a bit of a double bind. Um, but I don't know. When it comes to, um, you know, saving people's lives, innocent people's lives, I mean, I think you kind of have to go with that. Um, you know, there's still going to be Palestinians in Palestine no matter what the Israelis try to do. Um, but I won't go too far into that article. Uh, what else? Hamas militants on Friday freed two Americans, a mother and her teenage daughter, who had been held hostage in Gaza since militants rampaged through Israel two weeks ago. The pair, who also hold Israeli citizenship, were the first hostages to be released. Um, so despite the fact that they're Israeli, they're... I guess they're trying to appeal to American, I mean, sensibility or whatever. But, yeah, you know, these people, I mean, I'm assuming they were relatively innocent. And 
you know, it's a good gesture. Anytime someone's, uh, a, uh, you know, someone's hostage is let free. So I think on any side, really. I mean, hostage taking is, is, is kind of despicable. You know, like it's similar to, you know, the kind of terrorism that's just reprehensible and disgusting that doesn't really seem to have any focus. Um, it is political, but kind of in a secondary way. You're trying to leverage something instead of going after the people you actually have a beef with. You know, when you get civilians involved in it, I don't know, I, I start losing my my empathy, sympathy for you. And that includes on the Palestinian side. Um, let's see. Okay, more dozens killed in Gaza airstrikes. Um, what else? Gunfire chants punctuate funeral for 13 in West Bank. Satellite images show impact of airstrikes on Gaza. The misery of life in Gaza can be seen from space. Okay, so that you, you do get a sense, you know, when you can make it out by satellite, uh, it means that there's some serious destruction going on. The destruction and impact from aerial uh, Israeli airstrikes in retaliation for the attack by Hamas militants is visible in satellite imagery, blocks leveled by missiles and smoke rising over blast zones. You know, if you're going after the Hamas leadership, which is what they say they're doing, um, I think it, it's a little, it, it uh, you know, you're kind of straining credulity when you're just what seems to be indiscriminate leveling of blocks of, I mean, I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, what else is going on? Israel's defense, this is the one that's the, the most, I mean, actually ridiculously humorous in a kind of a sarcastic way. Israel's defense minister says there's no plans to control life in Gaza. Okay, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Israel has already occupied Gaza and has been occupying it for a very long time and controls pretty much everything that goes on in Gaza, right? that they can control. So saying that is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Israel's defense minister said Friday that after the country destroys the Hamas militant group, the military does not plan to control life in the Gaza Strip. Well, they're not going to be able to control. They're not going to be able to, you know, eliminate Hamas, number one. But defense minister, that's always the thing that somehow if we get these guys, you know, who are responsible for some pretty shitty stuff um, on the face of it, uh, yeah, you know, if you think you're gonna, you know, getting rid of Osama bin Laden, right, is, it makes sense, but I don't think it's really gonna change the, the balance of power, honestly. Defense Minister Yoav Gallant's comments to lawmakers for the first time an Israeli leader discussed its long-term plans for Gaza. No, not really, because they, they, they've been talking about this for a long time. Um, he expected there to be three phases in its war with Hamas. Okay, sounds rather abstract. He said it would first attack the group in Gaza with airstrikes and ground maneuvers, then it would defeat pockets of resistance, and finally it would cease its responsibility for life in the Gaza Strip. Well, okay, sure. That 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 is just ridiculous on the face of it. Okay, the UN's getting involved. Um... Gulf and Asian nations end summit with call for ceasefire. That's a good thing. UN says Palestinians are returning home. Um, 
It says that some who move south are returning because Israeli strikes are taking place in the south too. <laughs> yeah. They've got nowhere to run. And that's not a good thing. We remain very concerned that Israel forces heavy strikes are continuing across Gaza, including in the south. The strikes, coupled with extremely difficult living conditions in the south, appear to have pushed some to resort to the north, to return to the north, despite the continuing heavy bombing, bombing there. Well, yeah. Uh, so the rights office had heard accounts about people wanting to migrate back north, including from one unidentified Palestinian who said, I might as well die in my own house. I get it, man. I get it. So then we have a picture of a uh, satellite picture of of aid trucks waiting to cross into Gaza. So what's the holdup there? Don't know. Fifty-five trucks waiting in two lines. Uh huh. So, tell me why that's stalled. Israel pounds Gaza and evacuates town near Lebanon ahead of... All right, so we're just getting to the repeats of the same stuff. I, I don't like the way these... They have these live update type things where they just keep repeating the same thing over and over. Um, misinformation about the Israel-Hamas war is flooding social media. Here are the facts. Okay, let's hear the facts from the point of view of AP. This is a so-called AP fact check. Check. Um... Okay, um, there's a flood of videos and photos on social media, making it difficult for onlookers from around the world to sort fact from fiction. Not necessarily. While plenty of real imagery and accounts of the assuming carnage have emerged, they have been intermingled with users pushing false claims and misrepresenting videos from other events. Well, that always happens. Uh, users have shared false claims that a top Israeli commander had been kidnapped, circulating a false video imitating a BBC News report and pushed old and unrelated clips of Russian President Vladimir Putin with inaccurate English. Okay, who cares about that? Here is the closer look. Claim, the video shows Qatar's Emir threatening to cut off the world's natural gas supply if Israel doesn't stop bombing Gaza. Okay, they're saying that's not true. I mean, it, it, some of this stuff is just on the periphery, so I don't really care. The video shows a BBC News report confirming Ukraine providing weapons to, okay, whatever. I mean, video of a young actor being filmed lying in a pool of fake blood shows propaganda being created use for use in the whatever. Um, okay. All right, well, people are going to do desperate things. Um Another thing claiming, you know, this this is just kind of, I don't know what the, what the purpose of this. Um, I mean, it is news, but is it newsworthy? I, it's kind of beside the point. I mean, anyway, um, what else? Biden faces tough battle to secure 105 billion for Ukraine, Israel, the border, and more. So he's kind of like, you know, tying all this stuff together. Right. And, and, you know, it's kind of how the, the pork barrel legislation. Right. You you want this and you want that and we'll put it through together if we tie it to each other. And, you know, here's another thing where, you know, Ukrainian thing is much more clear in my head. But, you know, not so much the funding because it's getting ridiculous how much money is being spent. Um, 
but to back the Ukrainians, it makes sense. But you know, now you're kind of saying, well, Israel's kind of more or less in the same position. No. Very different situations. Not even on the surface, even close. But, you know, he's wanting to conflate them so that he can get this thing passed. And, of course, he wants to appeal to the uh, Republican Party, and he wants to appeal to the more conservative elements of the Democrats. And, you know, it's just sad. Um, it is reality. But, you know same time he's telling the Israelis not to overreact look what he's doing he's spending you know ridiculous amounts of money supporting a regime that's basically an apartheid regime I mean how can you do that I mean it, it doesn't make any sense on the face of it but you'll say well that's how politics is it's messy well yeah but if you're not if you're not taking into account the main things um, and, and you're okay with compromise just because that's how things go, you have to start questioning, why is this the way things go, right? Um, live, is Israel-Hamas war. Allies urge Israel to delay Gaza invasion to get hostages out. Gaza hospital told to evacuate. Why? <laughs> why are you going to evacuate a hospital that has all sorts of people on life support and, you know, it's bizarre. U.S. and European governments have been putting pressure on Israel to delay its ground invasion of Gaza by time for secret talks underway to win the release of hostages held by... Okay, so this is also on the periphery. But, of course, the superpowers are going to try to go in there and, and, and get their... That's, that's their real focus, is they want to get their people out. And they don't even care about those people so much. But politically, you know, it's, it's kind of a win-win situation for them. So... Um, yeah, so Hamas might might agree to release at least some civilian hostages without demanding is Israel release any prisoners, so that's a nice gesture. Israel agreed under U.S. pressure to hold off a massive military operation. Okay, good for them. Give them points for that, but the, you know for sure they're going in. I mean, it's like Putin when he was lining up all his troops on the board. You know, they're not going to do that unless they, they're certain that they're going in. They're not going to waste all those resources. Um... Yeah, I'd be interested to see who these American hostages are a little bit more in detail, right? Um, what else? Israel orders five Gaza schools to evacuate as fast as possible. Okay, why? They're in Gaza City, close to the hospital that, you know, um, got hit by that shell. Uh, okay, um... Palestine Red Crescent said it faces an imminent threat after the Israeli military ordered the evacuation of Akud's hospital. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know about you, but if you went to the local hospital and told people that they had to be out in 24 hours, that might be a little bit of an issue, just logistically speaking. So if they're planning to, some, if that's in the in the range of fire, uh, you, you might not want to shoot that way. Um 12,000 displaced people, including 70% children and women, are in imminent danger after Israeli forces threatened to bomb Al-Quds Hospital and demanded evacuation. This place could turn to ashes if those threats are carried out. So maybe the Israelis didn't bomb the, the hospital, the other hospital, but it seems like this hospital, they're, they're just basically saying, look, get the fuck out. 
so how is that different from them actually bombing that, you know, that original hospital? I mean, they're, they're still, yeah, it, they weren't responsible for it, but they, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to, you know, at the very, again, it's, it's kind of contradictory to say on the one hand, well, well, we didn't do it, so don't blame us. But then you're just like, okay, we didn't do the hospital, but this hospital is fair game. You know, and they're going to say, well, there's Hamas, you know, they're using him as human shields and all this other stuff. Well, that might be true, but it's probably not true. I mean, it's very hard to say what a human shield is, right? If I happen to be, you know, live near, you know, uh, a, a military target, I mean, I guess you could say that I'm a civilian shield, but it says nothing about my, what my beliefs are or what, you know, how I'm involved or any of that. It's just indiscriminate. I mean, bombing a hospital just should be absolutely forbidden under the rules of war, um, if we're going to have to have rules of war. Um, what else? Um, U.S. President thanked the governments of Qatar and Israel for their partnership and security. It's like anytime Israel does something, you know, the United States says, hey, good job. But when, you know, Palestinians do something, there's never that same kind of, you know, hey, guys, thanks. It's fascinating. I mean, it's, it's just so obvious. Um, Biden overjoyed by release of U.S. autism. Well, of course. I mean, you know, who wouldn't be? Um, Kennelly vigil for Sam Abdullah, Abdallah, Reuters visuals, visuals journalist killed last week while filming Israeli mis missile attacks at the Israeli-Lebanon border was held in Beirut. Sad. You know, it's always sad when you see people, um, journalists being killed. But, you know, it's it's a little different these days. The journalists used to be a little more independent. Now they kind of, the journalists, like if you watch, you know, my former uh, place employee, uh, you, you watch all the ABC News guys go in there and they're under the, the cover of of the Israeli troops. And so you're kind of taking your sides, even though you, you might say you're not. So if if you're embedded, and I had a big problem with this back in the day, you know, when 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 the you know after nine eleven, you know, embedding journalists um, in one organization or the other, one side or the other, is is and you could say, well, how do you, how are journalists gonna get over to report on things? Well, you could say, well, don't send your American journalists, send the people on the ground. You don't think there are journalists in that you can hire? In Israel, in Palestine, who can report on this stuff? You know, and they always say, well, you know, it's just one more excuse that makes me think that they, they don't think that people over there are competent enough to do it, right? We can't trust those people to report. You know, they may be journalists, but, but because they're in there, they can, they, they're going to, I don't know what their reasoning is, but it's always, you know, we can't use those guys. We have to send our own guys. And then they get embedded on you know, usually the side of the, the side that has more power, right? So that they're safe. I don't know. If you're a journalist, I, I think you, you, you have to kind of, you know, break free of that yoke um, because it, it makes you, first of all, less biased, number one. I mean, if your life isn't, if you're in a war zone and your life is in danger and, the, and, and you know, the, the people who are supposedly on your side that you're an allied with, right? Are saving your life, then of course you're going to be, uh, you know, more optimistic towards them. <laughs> it's just human nature. So I think that's a, a bad excuse. 
But anyway, that's a, a detail. Um, Canada, uh, it can be reasonable, is still committed to a two-state solution. Well, I hope so. What do I mean, still committed? Create peace in the Middle East. Um, the world in the region needs a peaceful, safe, prosperous, viable Palestinian state alongside a peaceful, prosperous, democratic, safe Israel. Okay, well, peaceful doesn't apply to Israel. Democratic doesn't apply to Israel. Safe doesn't. Prosperous, yeah, maybe prosperous. Okay. Is Israel confirms released hostages on their way to Israeli military base. All right, so that's another thing to me. It's like... Um, when hostages get released, it'd be kind of nice if they were released to kind of a neutral party in a sense, and that they, you know, I mean, you might be saying that's that's a little too, too much analysis or overthinking it, but I don't know. Um, or go back to where they want to go back. I don't know. Who knows about these people? Um, mother and daughter were kidnapped by Hamas. Uh... For humanitarian reasons. And to prove to the American people in the world that the claims made by Biden and his fascist administration are false and baseless. So they said they did it on purpose. In other words, we're gonna we're gonna free people who you think we're not going to free as a gesture. Um anyway, that's pretty powerful. So I mean you can go on and on and on on this live feed. Um, what else do we have? So Gaza Diary, somebody writing, I guess from in there. Gaza Crossing still closed despite pressure from UN US leaders. Um, Biden sends one of 106 billion. We went over that. Some Arabs in Israel, some face reprisals over online solidarity with Gaza, of course. West Bank Day of Outrage erupts after Israeli forces attack refugee camp. So why are they attacking a refugee camp? The Gaza diplomacy of Biden, Sunak, and company seems to be heading for failure. Yeah, I would say so. Um, let's see what that says. The U.S. president was empathetic, sharp, and subtle, but there are signs that his closest Arab allies are losing patience. Yeah. In particular, Joe Biden, for all the empathy that he showed to victims and the family of hostages, has been quite sharp in urging caution on Israel, though he is subtle in couching that counsel in terms of the lessons the U.S. has taken from fighting terrorism. Well, what we're doing is not fighting terrorism. I take exception to that. It's just more of the colonial, economic colonialist, imperialistic stuff that's been going on since time immemorial. Um, let's see. While we sought justice and got justice, we also made mistakes. Um, that's kind of a, a, a very warped um, conclusion to, to say after 9-11. It was a complete disaster. We got no justice. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, that's what he should say. This is what we sought. We didn't get any of it. And we were completely wrong. You know, so, 
If you have an opportunity to alleviate the pain, you should do it, period. And if you don't, you're going to lose credibility worldwide. Well, how come you can't say that about Israel? I mean, they're already causing, you know, decades of pain. And I think everyone understands that. Okay. Anthony Blinken's careful refrain to the Israelis that what you do matters, but so does how you do it. Okay. Well, they've been doing it pretty poorly for seven decades. I mean, at what point are we going to demand results from the Israeli government? You know, if they're truly looking for, uh, you know, some kind of solution to this, this disaster. Um, okay. So much is being left on said Sunak and telling ben Benjamin Netanyahu he wanted Israel to win. What does that mean? Did not describe what victory looked like or when it becomes pyrrhic. Well, it's already that way. Um, I don't know. You know, it's interesting how the international community comes in and thinks that they know how to do this, but uh, it'd be nice if the UN had a little more power because at least they try to have a balanced approach. I mean, everybody else is way, way too uh, self-interested. Um, I mean, you can keep going down. It's, it's not a very interesting article, actually. Um, here's something. Here's from a, a former Saudi uh, ambassador to U.S. speaking in Washington. I've been hearing a repeated phrase in American media, unprovoked attack. What more provocation is required to make it provoked than what Israel has done to the Palestinian people for three quarters of a century? Absolutely. Um, you know, that's, that's like the one statement. Um, you know, the rest is just, you know, more or less pro-Israeli. Let's see. No, there's, there's about three here that are a little bit more, in my view, uh, closer to reality. People are outraged and everybody is outraged. Even 11 Palestinians are killed every hour. He said no one was going to buy Israel's explanation for the bombing of the Hall. Ali Hospital, too many previous Israeli denials have proved false. And then there's one more. We support a humanitarian ceasefire, not at the expense of Israel's security, but so that people can tend to the wounded, bury their dead, and begin to put their lives back together. So that's kind of more trying to be a neutral. That's from the United Arab Emirates UN envoy. It's a little bit more neutral-ish, which I appreciate. Um, so what's this Gaza diary? So he had a 35-year-old Palestinian recounts the past few days in Gaza, the joy of a decent night's sleep, the plight of disabled people, and how even a church can offer no sanctuary. I mean, this is kind of what we need more of, you know, even though it's anecdotal. I think it puts a reality to the, to the, to the you know, we spend far too much time talking about all this abstract political bullshit. Um, yeah. I mean, this looks very poignant. Um, you know, the experience of a of an innocent in 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 the in the field of war. Right. I don't know if anybody's seen this um, Ingmar Bergman film that I think is absolutely one of the best war movies ever made. 
Now, you don't think of Igmar Bergman as a war movie director, but he made one called Shame. I think it's called Shame, and it's at least in English. Um, it's wonderful because it's war from the from the viewpoint of civilians, right? And uh, you know the implication of it is that we're caught up in this thing, and uh, we just want to be left alone. You're courting disaster. There's all sorts of horrible things going on around us, but we have no no nothing to do. We can't stop it, but we're going to try to survive anyway. And you know, in the in the movie, it's it's interesting because it takes place in presumably Sweden, and it's a, it's a, um, you know, it's a dreamed up war. Um, there was no war like this, but a country is coming in to attack Sweden, and, you know, so of course the civilians want the Swedish military and government to defend them. Um, but, the, but then they get, you know, they get on their heels, and this other outside power comes in and starts, they're, you know, they're starting to get, get momentum, and, um, but um, in the end, it's for the civilians, it's almost hard to tell who's who at a certain point because the, the people on the Swedish side, in reaction to the invaders, you know, are, are sometimes being just as cruel as, as the people who are coming in to displace them. So you know, at the end, they're like, we don't want either of you here. We, we just, the people just want to be left in peace. Um, and it's a beautiful movie. I love it. And, and that's what this diary seems to be, you know, getting into. Um, 10 p.m., the grandmother opens the door without knocking. I was lying on the couch but got up with a start. I'm sorry, she said, a church was bombing. You told me you have friends there. We immediately checked and knew which church. My friend had been staying there with his family. I called him immediately. The phone rings. Are you okay? I screamed. No, I'm not. They bombed the church. I heard the fucking news. Are, you, are your wife and daughter fine? They are. My parents are fine, too. They did not bomb the side we were at, but there are people under the rubble. We're trying to get them out. I gotta go. Tell our friends I'm okay. In Gaza, no place is safe, not even churches. You know, so that gives you an idea of what's going on. Um, you know, so once again, the average Joe is suffering. Um, but, uh, you know, it'd be interesting for me to hear from people who are... Jewish or Israeli or, you know, just to get kind of a, because you never hear from them, you know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's like there's a, there's a, there's an effort, you know, to keep those people's voices out here, you know, um, why is there no, you know, well, I know why, because once someone takes a, a pro-Palestinian um, point of view, if you're Jewish or Israeli, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be called a self-hating Jew and all this other stuff, anti-Semi and, uh, you know, and uh, you can see in the news, too. The news organizations are just parroting what, you know, the U.S. and Israeli want to say, Israeli government want to say, you know? And they don't even question it. They don't, they, they just, but as soon as you put, you know, they're, they're, there's absolutely no presence of any Palestinian, um, let's say, you know, I don't want to say pro-Palestinian because it's, sometimes it's not, you're just pro-Palestinian no matter what. It's not that simple. But I don't see anybody who's advocating for the Palestinian side in any of the, in any of the news coverage. I mean, it's just, you know, every once in a while they throw you a bone and that's it. There's this whole opinion side of things, right? Um, which, uh, you know, someone wrote something, warning Benjamin Netanyahu is walking right into Hamas's trap, you know? Well, I don't know if it's 
quite that, but that's an interesting point of view. Um, we are seeing urgent signs of more mutual mass atrocities to come in Israel and Gaza. Well, yeah, it, it's mutual, but, I mean, Israel has by far the... I mean, they've already killed four times as many people as the Palestinians did, so, and they're going to continue. It's going to be a slaughter. Israel's end game is to push Palestinians into Egypt, and the West is cheering it on. Absolutely. Rishi Sunak, decorated hero of the war on Madras, is no match for a real-world conflict. I guess they're just saying he's out of his element. Um, but, yeah, let's just read these, 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 these ones that seem a little bit, uh, a little strange, you know? Um, I don't know that it's an even kind of thing, you know, if you say that, you know, some people get into this thing where it's, you know, they just want to, want this all to go away by saying, well, they're both, both sides are horrible and, you know, both sides, you know, are, are just as guilty as the other. I, you know, I, I just can't get into that mentality. And some, some people who are more on the Palestinian side will do that, will, will do that. And it's just kind of a, uh, I don't know, it's an attempt to kind of bridge a gap, but oof, I, I, you can't really change the facts. You know, you can't take the facts and make them fit your argument. Um, Okay, so this is what it says. Uh, warning, not now who is walking right into Hamas's trap. They crave a rage-filled reaction from is Israel's prime minister. Wise head should temper his response and then be rid of them. Well, why? Because I have a feeling this, this article is not going to be like, well, because you want to treat the Palestinian people well. It's because, you know, we want Israel to be the upstanding power, political power that it is. And, uh, well, whatever. Let's see how it goes. Um, there's a warning from recent history that should be preyed on, preying on the minds of Benjamin Netanyahu as the hours count down to an expected ground incursion in Israel, in, in Gaza. Israel and its advocates stress that the country has the right, indeed the duty, to defend, again, that word, defend itself against, uh, as is an offensive reaction, I mean, action, Self against an enemy that proved its cruelty a fortnight ago, but that this is to risk America's post 9-11 era. Convinced that a chosen course of action is legitimate, it's easy to forget to ask if it is wise. Well, there you go. You've got that kind of, you know, um, it's assumed that it's legitimate. You know, he's saying it may be legitimate, but it, is it wise? Well, I would go further. It's neither wise nor legitimate. Um... So he's already kind of straddling the fence there. Um, already in its rage, Israel has made decisions it may come to regret. You know, so he's kind of looking at this like, you know, oh, poor Israel, you know, don't, don't do the, don't become the criminals, you know, that you're fighting against is basically what they're saying. Um, it mean, That means Israel's war should be with Hamas alone, not the people of Gaza. Well, it doesn't seem like that's how it's going. And yet by imposing a near total blockade on the territory, denying its more than 2 million citizens food, water, and medicine is an inflicted pain upon the entire population, pain that will be only partially alleviated. Okay, so yeah, I get that. Such action falls foul of both morality and irrationally. Yep, absolutely. Now I'm agreeing with him uh, in this respect. Um... 
Indeed, the extravagant sadism of the crimes Hamas committed in the Sabbath blood on the 7th of October, the rape, torture, and mutilation was surely designed to goad Israelis to drive them so crazy with grief that they would storm into Gaza blindly, walking into the very trap Hamas had so carefully set. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of, I feel like that's a little bit of a, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Um, That may literally be the case with Israeli troops lured into tunnels and back streets that amount to one giant booby trap. I mean, you know, so they're kind of like, it's kind of like the Viet Cong, you know, you kind of want to make them seem like they're, you know, this guerrilla warfare stuff. That's not how you fight, right? Um, don't, don't fall for it. Um, you know, again, a little bit weird. Uh, this is I put this article in the some some parts of this article in the in the category of let's 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 turn conventional wisdom on its head and prove that you know what you think is true is not and then the, this this alternative version I mean it's kind of turning it on its head I think there's a certain intent here that's that's meant to be constructive but um, it's just way too theoretical way too you know th- th- these things are just stated as a fact right. Um, these are, these are, this is speculation. Again, the pundits with the speculation, right? Um, there's only one thing that matters. It's what we see over the course of time statistically. That should be driving our policy. Um, yeah. So what's the final conclusion? I'll have to look into this article a little bit more, uh, you know, and do it less on the fly. But the conclusion here is, for all these reasons, Israel can't wait until the war is over. Changing leaders in wartime is not unheard of. Worked well, worked out well for Britain in 1940. Admittedly, such a move is unlikely, given Netanyahu's absolute control of his party, but Israel needs to be rid of the man who led them to this bleak crossroads and replace him with someone who will take the right path, one not paved by the country's mortal enemies. Well, all right. I mean, it's a little... I mean, I guess in the end, what he's saying makes sense, but I'm, I'm not sure how to take this article. It's it's one of these uh, kind of a straddling article where some guy from the outside comes in and it's a little bit like the other one where it's like, well, we're, the, both sides are problematic and it's all a wash. And I'm not sure. It just seems like an odd opinion. But anyway, I'm going to stop here because I've been rambling along for far too long but uh you know always interesting to see what the news is doing and how they're reporting on these things um they 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 very often get the the main gist of the thing wrong um and they and they kind of love to just kind of nibble around the edges in a way that's not very offensive to anybody so you know they have a great way of just being irrelevant but um that's not surprising. Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that, and this will have to be it for the By Joe Show, October 20th, 2023. Of course, we will continue the coverage of this issue, but there are other things that are coming up. Um, I saw an article recently about something about nonprofits, which really caught my eye. It was very interesting, so I think I might double back on that for next show. Anyway, you all have a good weekend. Take care.